In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Happy Father's Day to all you fathers. God bless you all. We're not very awake. There's no response. Hello, followers of Christ. Hello, Father. That's good. You can do that. Followers of Christ. You know, this is such a powerful thing to say, I'm a follower of Christ. The beauty of this is that, that there, the great line in the, in the uh, uh, epistle reading to me, after we go through this incredible list of saintly people that have gone before us, and they're, they're just, they're exquisite, they're unbelievable, their lives are just so incredible, way beyond what we could think. We hear these words. God having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. We're part of this. This is is our heritage. This is our family. They're our relatives. They love us. We're connected with them. We're not separated from these people. We were connected, intimately connected, for without us, they cannot find perfection. I, I, I admire the list and the things that they had to go through to be called saintly. And apart from us, they can't be made perfect. Apart from us, we're connected, beloved. To these saintly people, we are followers of Christ. As they are followers of Christ, we too are followers of Christ. So critically important for us to see this. You know, sometimes we put the saints way up here and we put ourselves way down here. And perhaps maybe we should in some ways. But in terms of the reality is that we are connected as a family. Family. I almost feel like singing. We are family, right? We're family. This is so beautiful to me. So, followers of Christ, St. Paul says to us, as he finishes in Hebrews, um, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, and every sin which so easily ensnares us, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and was set down at the right hand of the throne of God. So, today, let us be encouraged that we are followers of Christ. Let me make a few comments on that last section in uh, Hebrews chapter 12. So great a cloud of witnesses. You know, one of my favorite times in the service is the dismissal. Not because it's over. You guys, I know what you were thinking when I said that. Not because it's over, but because we're listing the family, I I envision seeing them, the 
precious the life-giving cross, the supplication of the glorious prophet, former and Baptist John, the holy, glorious, and honorable apostles, our Father among the saints, Athanasius the Great, the protector of our community, the holy, righteous ancestors of God, Joachim and Anna, and all the saints. When, when I say that, picture, picture them. We're not just listing names, we're picturing the reality of their presence. They're present here. Look around. Look at what you're seeing, the cloud of witnesses. You know, we, we struggle with doubt. We struggle with stuff in this life. And all we have to do is look at St. George, St. John Climacus, St. Perescaba, St. Fotini, all around, and you can see this strong and powerful sense of it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. We got through it. We made it. Hang in there. It's going to be okay. That's what they say to us. It's going to be okay. It's going to be fine. You know, St. John Chrysostom says, when when, uh, St. Paul used the word cloud of witnesses, he said the cloud is like a shelter from the sun. That cloud of the saints around us shelters us from the heat of this life, the struggles of life. We're surrounded by them. They pray for us. They defend us. They defend us from the heat of the day, from the heat of this life. So be encouraged by this great cloud of witnesses that we have. Witnesses of grace and the power of God. Lay aside every weight and sin. Because of this, because of all these things, lay aside every weight and sin. So if you have a sin, I have one word for you. Stop. Stop. Lay it aside. St. John Chrysostom says this. I was talking to Father John and he mentioned it in this. He says he says this all the time through his commentaries on the scriptures. So I'm reading this in... He says, it's easy if you will to overcome sin. It's easy if you will to overcome sin. It's not a hard thing. Lay it aside. Put it away. But the will is the issue. He says, it's easy if you will. The trouble is, we we have great intentions and our will is very weak. And when it comes to that temptation, our will says, ooh, okay, let's do it again. Rather than no. No to this and yes to this. That's what the will should be doing. So my, you know, my encouragement to you is, is that you know, one of the ways we strengthen our will and probably the most uh, consistent way we strengthen it is by fasting. We come to the fast this beginning week. The fast of the apostles all the way up until the end of June. So, take advantage of it. And I don't mean fasting a a relationship to food, because I think what happens when we think about fasting in regard to food, we should fast. We should, we should obey the church's fast. It's a voluntary fast for us, but we should obey it. But I think the problem is when we start thinking about food, we, we don't deal with the other senses that are most critical. We don't fast with our eyes. We just change our diet. 
We just go to Trader Joe's and change the stuff in the cupboard. I don't have chocolate cookies. I have graham crackers. What's that? So you have to fast with all your senses. You have to, when your eyes start going this way, you have to say no. Your will has to get engaged with your senses. When your tongue starts doing something it shouldn't do, your will has to say, stop it, don't speak. When your ears start hearing something you shouldn't be hearing, you should say, get out of there, stop. I love this story. St. John Maximovich, when people started to gossip, he would fall asleep. And when they stopped gossiping, he'd wake up again. He wouldn't let his ears hear that. We need to fast, beloved, but the fast needs to be broader than food. It needs to be food, but broader than that. Why? Because the will needs to be strong so you can lay aside every weight and sin. As St. John says, if your will is strong, it's easy to get rid of sin. So if you're struggling with a sin, strengthen your will. It's the will that's weak that causes us to fall. Boy, I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm preaching today. Um, it says, run with patience. Run the race with patience. In Romans chapter 5, verse 3, it says, in tribulation, we need to be patient because patience builds character and character builds hope. You know, we struggle with hope. How do you do that? You're patient in your struggles. You have to be patient. Persevere. Deal with this. It's so important for us to see that when we build on one virtue, another virtue follows it. it it's not just one at a time. It follows one to the other. So when we're persevering through something, we're just not trying to get through it. We're building character. When that character is built, hope comes. So if you're struggling with something, if life is difficult, persevere, be patient. Because in that struggle, patience, in that struggle, character is being developed. That Christian character, in that character, hope comes. So be patient in your struggles. And we come to this moment in, in where we are in our life. I love this from the uh, 12-step program. One of the lines is used when we're struggling with things and we kind of need to be patient with ourselves. We've fallen, we've, we've made some mistakes. It's do the next good thing. Wow. You know what that says to me? It's just stop looking backwards. Just do the next good thing. God's going to put it right in front of you. He's going to put the good thing in front of you. He's going to say, now just do that. Don't worry about that. Worry about this. We keep beating ourselves up and we miss that next good thing. So be, as, as we're struggling with, with, with our life, do the next, th it's going to be put in front of you. Maybe it's in front of you right now. A good thought, a good word, a good deed. It's right there for you to participate in. The next good thing. 
What a beautiful way to look at life. Looking to Jesus, the master runner. We need to see him as a great example for us, his compassion for us, his love for mankind, his forgiveness of sins. Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. The ultimate forgiveness. Not expecting anything from the other person. Just forgiving. Just forgiving. To be generous, to be diligent, to be gentle, to be courageous. These are the things that Christ shows to us. For he is, we look to Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. He is the author and pioneer. He is the finisher and the perfection of our faith. His faith is with us when we begin. His faith is with us when we end. You know what baptism, you know what the baptizee gets when they get baptized? Oh, he just came in. Beautiful. I'm talking about a baptism. So we have little Gianna Sophia back there. And so when she got baptized, guess what she received? The faith of Christ. The faith of Christ to start her journey. You know what will, you know what will finish her journey? The faith of Christ. You know what you have? The faith of Christ. You don't think you have enough faith, do you? You know something? You're right. You don't have enough faith, but the faith of Christ is in you. You need to see this. You know, we keep struggling with, with, with that kind of personal faith. Yes, it is personal. Our faith needs to be attached to the faith of Christ that's in us, but we do have his faith. That's such a powerful thing for us. So, I want to conclude with this. Be in Christ, followers of Christ. Be in Christ. You know, there was a little bracelet. Um, I think it said, um, what would Jesus do? Right? Little bracelet, what would Jesus do? I'm going to change that. It's not a bad thing. That's Christ as our example. Is Christ a good example? Absolutely. But there's something greater than this, because Christ is in us. I would suggest it's what is Christ doing in me now? What's Christ saying to me now? This is an active thing, not a passive thing, not an not a example of the past, but an action in us today. You know, each of you right now that I'm looking at, Christ is working in you. He is doing a work in you. What is he doing? What's he doing? What's he telling you? What are his words to you? It's not example only, beloved. It's what is he doing? We need to become that sensitive to Christ in us. So we follow him because he give, gives us faith that begins us. He allows us to have that faith to continue in us, but it's what is he doing in us now? Because we are followers of Christ. That's who we are. So, this last verse in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, who for the joy, this is Christ, that was set before him, he endured the cross, despised the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. What is the joy set before him? 
that He can dwell in you, that He can save you, that He can save all of mankind, that He can save the world. That's the joy that was set before Him. The joy that was set before Him, He wanted to dwell in you. He could dwell in you, transform you. Wow. We should all be thrilled with that, with the joy that's set before Him, Endure the cross, despise the shame. Because he wanted to save you. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.